Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! You're in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Las Vegas is always associated with magic. It's where all the great magicians are, and we have one of them with us today, Dixie Dooley, who's been around for a while. You can see his fantastic act and his magic shop. We're going to talk about all that over at the Boulevard, which is a really cool shopping center that you might not have heard of before, but you got to get out there. Dixie, you've seen a lot of changes here. Right? You came here back in 1978 at the Sahara. How's it been? I mean, do you kind of are you kind of amazed that magic has become so popular here in just such a powerhouse location. Well, I think it's just a natural thing to happen. When I first uh, performed here in, in 78 at the Casbar Theater at the Sahara Hotel and Casino, uh, I was invited to the Magic Club. And back in those days, they used to meet at 12 midnight and uh, Pat's Chinese Kitchen and Commercial Center, which is, no longer exists. Commercial Center exists, but not. But anyhow, at 12 midnight was uh, early, and it was for nothing but professional magicians. And you had uh, Jimmy Grippo at Caesars Palace and Sig. Freed would always be there from the stardust and and uh, and they were all professionals and it's just a natural uh, combination Las Vegas and magic and uh, it's grown and it's grown and it's become tremendous and and uh, now you have magic all up and down the strip where it used to be just a handful of magicians right they're playing the big rooms there's no question about it uh, what do you think of this new the new age thing I, th- I think a pen and teller I think Chris Angel and so forth. Uh, Are you happy to see Magic come to this level? Uh, I am. I remember when I first started in Magic, it was very rare that you even saw a magician anywhere. It was kind of like what happened with the Beatles, you know. Uh, The Beatles come along and all of a sudden you saw everybody growing their hair long and and buying a guitar and playing music. Uh, I think a lot of it was because they wanted to uh, uh, pick up girls and and, uh, (laughs) and have relationships with uh, the female uh, species or or vice versa, you know. So... uh, uh, I think the same thing kind of happened with uh, with magic. It's been great, and there's some really great acts out here, but you've been here a long time, and I think it's really cool that you have a magic shop. I want to start with that because it's a place where they can go see you, but also you can buy some things. My son was really interested in magic you know, in his young days. He really appreciated people that would work in these stores that would actually really help him. Do you guys do that at the store? I mean, if somebody's interested, well, you can do more than just sell them a trick or that kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, my thing was I, I really have always, uh, I, I didn't get into magic just to uh, find uh, the female species like we were talking or <laughs> you know, to start dating girls. I got into it because I really have a love for the art of magic. And inside the magic shop, we do uh, teach. We have DVDs 
Keys on Magic, Magic Sets, Magic Kits, uh, everything you can imagine when it comes to magic, magic collectibles and antiques inside the magic books. We have a little bit of everything. And when you do come in, we do make sure if you do buy a magic trick that uh, you understand it and you're taught the magic trick from beginning to end so that uh, you can go out there and perform it that night for your friends. Well, that is really great because I know so many people that will buy those things and then they're looking at the instructions. It's not the, it's not the same. That's mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. you do that. And I think people visiting Vegas is so magic-oriented. You want to get out to the store. Now, the store is at the same place where you perform, right? It's well, at the, it's at the, the same uh, shopping center. Yeah, it's at the Boulevard Mall, which is one of the oldest malls in Las Vegas. It's it's being renovated. There's all kinds of things there now. There's the everything from uh, the Heads Up to the Rec Center to the uh, New Galaxy Theater, which is the biggest uh, digital uh, Sony screen in the world inside the, uh, inside the Galaxy uh, movie theater there. So there's all kinds of things. Sequest is there with all the animals and, and everything and, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of the Boulevard and their expansion and the things, the great things that they're doing there. Um, also I have the performance stage there where for the last four years, every Saturday and Sunday at 2 and 4 o'clock I give a magic show there and the magic show has been packed. It's just continues to amaze me how people come out of nowhere and it's a huge crowd to see the shows there and uh, I I try to provide a regular magic show, what you would expect to see if you were young and you went to see a magic show when you were little, something that will inspire the uh, uh, young people to uh, get into magic, perhaps. And well, give us an idea. What are we going to see there? What, what, what well, would be you're going to see show? everything from card tricks to uh, dancing handkerchiefs to uh, dancing handkerchief changes into my little girl, Gracie, which is my little Jack Russell. Uh, I've got a Jack Russell Terrier that's just, uh, that's what Houdini had. Of course, uh, he had a Jack Russell Terrier, and they're famous because they're like the little circus dogs where they can do all kinds of tricks and things like that. And my little girl is just wonderful, and she loves her magic trick. Oh, you know, she great. comes and jumps <laughs> up and down and wants to go to work, you know. So I'm like, okay, we'll go, you know. Uh, but uh, you'll see all kinds of magic. You see a, uh, the floating sphere that floats around the room. And then I'm doing something that I've, uh, I'm setting a world record for because every show I'll bring a person up and uh, from the audience and I levitate them. And, and it's a complete levitation on stage. And really? it's with a person from the audience, which is very, very rare. There's yeah, no, so you don't know them. There's no prearrangement. There's, they're not stooges or anything. Wow. They're not one of the three stooges or right. anything like that. They're, they're, a, um, they're uh, a perfect stranger that I bring up out of the audience. And I uh, levitate them in midair. And I, I think I'm the only one in the world that does that. And I've been doing it now for four years. So we're going for a world record there and I don't think it's a record that anybody will anytime soon break you know doing that many levitations over a period of four years well I think that's great and I think people are particularly impressed when they when they realize that it's not somebody as part of the act oh right? yeah the moms and dads will, if it's if it's a child they'll be getting out their cameras and they'll be like uh, oh we got to take a picture of uh, little Sally up there floating in the air you know and then they'll show her the picture afterwards and she'll go I can't believe that was me you know mm-hmm. up there floating in the air so it's, it's it's very it's a very cool thing, that, and it's the only place in the world that you see that. You know, I think it's cool, and it's it's 
perfect that it's in Vegas. And like you say, getting back to what you were some of the boulevard, that's become an attraction now. There's so mm-hmm. many great mm-hmm. things. The, the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame is over that's there. That's right. It's yes. great. Yes, <laughs> yes. The Boxing Hall of Fame. I went to the uh, VIP opening of that, met uh, Leon Sphinx and uh, some of the other famous boxers and, and all that were there that night. And it was wonderful to get to meet those guys. You know? Tell me how you got into magic. I'm always curious about it because it seems like these great magicians that I've been fortunate enough to meet really dedicate their lives to it. Like I could tell you, you know, you know about Houdini, you know about all mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you get into it? Was it just something that you were attracted to as a child? Well, um, I, I first really realized that I got interested in magic when I was six years old. I'm an only child. I grew up in, uh, um, I didn't grow up, but I was born in West Virginia. And uh, back there they have fireflies, and, and uh, which are magical when you're a little oh, little yeah. little boy standing out in the backyard and it starts to get dark and you see the fireflies light up the sky everywhere. And uh, I always was intrigued with television. I remember uh, I have a photograph of me um, watching uh, Elvis Presley on the Ed Sullivan show, believe it or not. He's on the uh, little black and white television in front of me and I'm standing there watching Elvis on, on live appearances, of course. You know, you couldn't duplicate that. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, uh, and sort of magical. Uh, I always itself, loved right? entertainment. I remember as a little boy, I would stand out on the front porch. Uh, a lot of people say, well, what separates you from other magicians? And one thing that does is because uh, I love entertainment. You know, uh, magic is my first love, but of course, entertainment, all kinds of shows business. That's why I have like the Majestic Theater here in town, which features like uh, uh, three variety shows and uh, five magic shows in there. So it's not all just magic, you know? Right. And card tricks and all. It's all kinds of singing, dancing. I played drums for 16 years behind Percy Sledge, you know, when a man loves a woman. What a great Uh, sing. What a great uh, song. The grass grass roots. Uh, Growing up in the southeast, I, I played drums. So I've always been, I've always loved entertainment in general so uh but magic was my first love and i always wanted to own at least one object that belonged to houdini you know because houdini was the legend when i was in sure. 1953 1952 they came out with the uh uh houdini movie with tony curtis and janet lee and uh i saw that and that was very inspiring and all to to watch that and uh but of course when i was six years old i was still i was doing novelties and stuff but that that kind of like fed the uh, fire you know wow uh, do you make years disappear because you do not look like you were around for that <laughs> I, was, you know? I was around for that and uh, you know later i got to meet tony curtis tony curtis actually waited for me at the mgm oh, because cool. i was playing the part of houdini in the show here's entertainment uh, at the plaza in the main showroom there and he's he waited around because he wanted to meet me and talk to me and uh which was quite a thing yeah, you know? right absolutely. and he comes up to me and he says he says you know i i did a film about houdini years ago and i'm like yeah like no one knew that right so, and he, you know, like <laughs> everybody saw that movie and uh it was a great film and uh, it was uh you know it was a lot of it was fictional but and, and uh they took liberties with it but at the same time uh it's still kind of uh, let you see the impact that the uh, the man had on his audiences and how he uh, would excite them. You know, yeah, being the one man in the arena. You know what I mean? Uh, against we, all odds. Well, you know, you talk about your magic shop when people come in. I'm thinking about. I was thinking that before. It's more than just being able to do a magic trick. You know, you can teach people how to do that or. Mm-hmm. Some people, other people struggle with it, but it's that really that entertainment thing because all the great 
magicians are also great entertainers. I mean, you think of Penn and Teller and all those. Exactly. The magic shops are, are uh, exemplifies that. It really does because I also own a curiosity shop here in town which sells antiques. And uh, at one point, I wanted to totally get away from selling and working, having magic shops. I've owned about five, six magic shops here in Las Vegas over the years. And uh, and they were all just dropped in my lap. You know, would you like a magic shop? Oh, <laughs> of course. Uh, center of the Strip at Harris. Oh, great. Yes. Uh, I, definitely, I think I want that. You know, so they were just yeah. dropped in my lap. But the, the one thing that with the magic shop that you have to have is you have to have a good demonstrator. Yeah. Someone who can actually perform the magic. And the better the demonstrator is and the better he performs the magic, the more sales you're going to make because the more impressed the people are going to be with the trick that that he's doing and they'll want to buy it they'll want to take it home now with antiques and if you're selling t-shirts or you're telling yeah. selling posters you don't have to worry about that they come in they like the poster they buy it you know but you got to sell the magic in a magic shop that's one of the it, it can be a plus or a downfall it's according to if you have a good salesperson yeah so when when you're bringing on new employees and so forth i imagine it's a pretty rigorous test because one poor uh, say or demonstrator, as you say, and the whole thing's lost. Yeah, or or they just come in, and if you have someone who can't demonstrate the magic, it, they they just say, "Well, here's the magic," and they look at it, and it's just all these things sitting right in a box or something, and they don't know what it is. Right. And, and you can you can tell them what it does, like, okay, you see, you, you crinkle up this dollar bill, and it floats in the air, you know, and you can say all these wonderful things about it, but to see it. In person, to see them crinkle up the dollar bill and begin to levitate right in front of them like that, and they don't know how it's working, uh, that that's a whole different that's a whole different thing, and that's what sells it, you know. So let's say I'm bringing somebody by and I want to get a magic trip. Now, if there's somebody that's just starting out that just likes the concept, never did it, what would you suggest to start them out with if you were going to sell them something? Well, we have some of the basic uh, uh, starter things like the Sphingeli deck of cards is a great um, uh, trick deck of cards, and you can do thousands of magic tricks with it. And when people see it, they're just totally amazed, even though it's been around for ever you know the 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 thing uh we've got things like sponge balls that uh, you know the the different the little red balls that appear they can be different colors too but uh, and then we got a thing called mind control which is very good where you actually uh, control someone's mind to pick a different we got all these uh things that uh, we start them out with something really simple that mm-hmm. they can learn quickly so that uh one of the worst things that can happen to you if you're starting out in magic is to either buy a bad magic trick that is difficult to do and and even if you do it people aren't that impressed with it or you buy a uh, a magic trick that is not um well made you know Mm, yeah you know it breaks or it it doesn't work perfectly and uh those are those are two terrible things that can happen to you if you're just starting out which can destroy your whole uh, whole world of magic and you won't ever become the great houdini or thurston (laughs) or blackstone or any of those guys yeah what goes through your mind i mean you are you thinking all these years, what's like a, a new thing that I can do? What's something I can pull out that nobody else has done? Is there that kind of uh, drive in you? Well, yeah, that's there, but not not so much with me because I'm a little bit different. I think magic should be uh, have uh, s- some enchantment to it, and I think magic and mystery uh, is is in the past and in in how things are made. It's like uh, seeing a um, 
uh, a gypsy fortune teller or something like that. Would you like to see someone who's uh, like new wave in the future? Like, uh, right. with, uh, you know what I mean? I think I think the enchantment and the uh, the um, charm of of magic is the history of it and the mystique of it and the past. And uh, I think that's. A, a great big, tradition, a, a of big, it. Uh, yeah. a big part of it. You know, I I would rather go see a magic show that delves into the past and the history of magic and and all. It's very intriguing, I think. You know, because we don't know what the future is going to bring, but we know that the past brought us some great magic. More with Dixie Dooley, who you can see at the Boulevard in just a few moments. By the way, you should really check out the Boulevard. It's a huge shopping center that has a lot to see, including the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. But first, when you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible really unique Las Vegas experience so you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org That's neonmuseum.org You are listening to Dixie Dooley, magician, entrepreneur, and a true Vegas icon. Instead of just worrying about the kind of the weirder things of the guy that suspends himself in New York City from stuff, and that's interesting. But boy, it would sure be interesting to learn more about Houdini and some of the stuff he did. Yeah, those are stunts. Those are stunts. Now Houdini had a purpose for f- performing his stunts. He he would do things like the upside down straight jacket, which I'm the only one that's really done the upside down straight jacket about four or five times here on the uh, hanging over the Las Vegas Strip over the years. Wow. Uh, made front page headlines. Stop traffic. I remember remember Steve Warwick who was a magician here in town for a long time. He's still around, but I don't know if he's performing or not. But uh, uh, I was doing the upside down straight jacket for the grand opening of the plaza, hanging way up in front of the uh, downtown in front of the plaza hotel and casino and uh, it stopped traffic and he was coming from where he was having rehearsals at his theater and he says I'll be damned Dixie, I had to sit there in traffic. The traffic was stopped and watch you perform the stunt because I was going home and I couldn't go any further in my car they they stopped the traffic there and i thought that that's great you know <laughs> great story but uh yeah the um houdini um i i became friends with the family of houdini and uh marie blood and now her son marie passed away a few years back but she used to come to vegas all the time to see me and tell me a lot of intimate stories about houdini and growing up living with the houdinis at 278 west 113th street in new york city where was their home and and everything in the summertime he used to take her by the hand to the theater and set her in the back and call her up on stage he'd throw the curtain back come through the curtain and say is my little niece here and she'd come running up on stage with him and jump up into his arms to a great big round of applause he was always the showman you know yeah and um she never saw him perform the second part of his show because she was always backstage because he would call <laughs> yeah. her up during the intermission and so uh, but he remember she had some great memories i became dear friends with them i have the seance every year and plus, I have seance at my theater every Wednesday at uh, my Majestic Theater. There. Okay, we got to talk about that. Yeah. What, what, so, seance, what, what goes on? There? I mean, I know what one is, but... Uh I can't say I've ever been to one, so tell us what they would expect. With well, I have Dennis Allard, who goes by the name of Dr. Cagliosis, and he is the conduit to the spirit world. 
and uh, and he has the accruedments of the discipline with him, which are the spirit trumpet, which you hold up to your ear and listen to the voices of the dead speak to you. Of course, it helps if you're a postal worker because they're hearing voices <laughs> quite frequently. And um, and then you have uh, tambourines, which like the spirit medium Marjorie used on stage. She believed that the uh, seance should be a celebration with musical instruments and all. So they used tambourines and they would float around the room and, and, and things, objects like that. And uh, what we do is we, we um, have, I, I give a demonstration just like Houdini used to do, or very similar to what Houdini used to do, of spirit tricks used by fraudulent spirit mediums around the turn of the century. Now, this was real prevalent and popular in Houdini's era because it was right after World War One, and there were a lot of people who lost relatives and all, and there were a lot of dead um, uncles and granddads and uh, from the war. And so what they would do is uh, they would go to the spirit mediums to try to talk to them. Now, uh, when Houdini's mother died, he was totally devastated. And so they told him he could talk to his mother again if he went to the seances. So he went to the seances, but when he went there, he found out that they were using magic tricks. The same type of magic tricks that he had used for years in his, in his, um, in his shows and stuff. Yeah. And in grow, he had grown up seeing uh, magicians used. And he understood them and, and recognized them for what they were. And he thought it was a shame that, they were, uh, that the fraudulent spirit mediums were taking money from um, from people uh, claiming that they could talk to the dead right, relative. Exactly. And so he tried to get a law passed against it. He went to Congress and he said that if they cannot do what they say they can do, then we shouldn't give them a business license to practice. And that would drive them out of business. Uh, he didn't get the law passed, and uh, but he continued his campaign all the way up until the end of his life uh, to uh, wage this campaign against fraudulent spirit mediums because he thought it was a crime that what, what they were doing. He didn't say that it wasn't possible and that there wasn't genuine spirit mediums out there that could communicate. And Marjorie was one of them that gave him a lot of trouble trying to figure out how she was doing some of the things that uh, she did. But well, didn't, didn't he have a thing with his wife that he was going to see if there was talking to the dead? He had told her something that only she would know? Yes, there was a spirit code. It was called the, the Marjorie code. Uh, I mean, the, uh, it was called the Rosabel code, excuse me. And Rosabel was uh, one of the songs that they uh, they uh, was a song that they had uh, uh, performed uh, she had performed early in her mm-hmm. career and one of their favorite songs and he also had uh, Rosabelle in, uh, in in his wedding band and it said, uh, it, said uh, it was engraved on the inside Rosabelle Rosabelle I love you more than words could tell and uh, that was part of the code that she would know it was him if he came back Interesting. That's really fa- now. When you see like the American Psychic Network, where you used to call up and talk to a psychic, and you know you see those things from time to time. There's people that have even had TV shows about it. So, do you kind of look at it and go, "I know what they're doing"? Uh, it depends. I don't. I really don't try to look at those type of shows that much. Right. And also, the uh, one of the things that. Uh, uh, one question you have to ask yourself is if, like, if they're all knowing and seeing and and know what's going to happen in the future and all this. How come not one of them predicted nine eleven? Right, that, that exactly. was going to happen. You know what I mean? Not one person came out and said, "Look." Uh, and went there and tried to stop it or, or something like that. It, that tells you something about people's predictions of the future. 
Yeah, and there's always that thing where they're asking him, I'm getting this from a middle-aged man. Oh, that's Uncle Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's Uncle Joe. Right. Well, you know, they're making money. You know, they're making money. And, and what do they say? Money is the root of all evil, right? Right, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, they're, out, they're out to make a buck, just like the uh, fraudulent spirit mediums of Houdini's day were, were out to make a buck. Well, he well. would go there. He would send his people in to investigate, you know, at the seances. They mm-hmm. attended the seances. And then he would invite them, give them free tickets, the, the mediums to come see his show. And he would actually call them up and, in his show and called them frauds. He had a million dollars worth of lawsuits at the time of his death. Wow, and he, because and, of that. And he intended to fight each and every one of them. Wow. And he was driving them out of business, and a lot of people believe that's why Houdini no longer exists, and he, they, a lot of people think he was murdered. Hmm. You know, we, you and I share something. We both went by the term magic man. And yeah, I was yeah, a radio yeah. disc jockey mm-hmm. at the time and hard headed the song, so it was great I had my own song. <laughs> You're not going to get into that, are yeah. you? Okay, no, you are. I, I, I am going to get into that because you did fortune tell, which is a different thing than mm-hmm. what you're talking mm-hmm. about there. Mm-hmm. Talk a little about that. I you, had, you said fun you had fun with, with, it. with it, right? I had fun with it. Yeah, years ago, I was going through a really hard time, like I like I'm not now, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going through a really difficult time, and and uh, and so um, I, I got a job on the phone. Which I love because you could be sitting there in your pajamas, uh, you know, and talking right. on the phone. And <laughs> dress and, code uh, is light. Yeah. My name uh, for telling fortunes was uh, was uh, Mister Magic, mm. and they'd call up and I'd say, "Yes, this is Mister Magic," <laughs> you know. And we, I'd talk to him from all over the country. And for me, it was it was really really fascinating because it was it was very similar to therapy or counseling for these people and trying to help them, you know? Yeah. And I, I thought it was a really good thing. I, I didn't know it to begin with. At first, I thought it was just going to be for the money, but then I thought, well, I'm really doing a good thing here. I'm helping people, you know? I'm that giving them sense. good. I'm yeah. trying to give them good advice and what to do with their life. And I'll never forget this one lady called me up from South Carolina and, and said that uh, she uh, was dating this married man who owned a gas station. And uh, when she walked in to see him during the day that all of his friends started laughing and kind of giggling and snickering. And, and she says, do you think they know anything is going on between? And I, yeah, I think they might. <laughs> they, might yeah. they might have a clue. <laughs> well, that's kind of fun. So we got seances on Wednesdays, I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing the, the magic show, what, twice daily? Is that right? Uh, just on Saturdays and Sundays. Now, that's a regular session, magic yeah. show. That's a, the, yeah. uh, the, the seance consists of, of uh, the fraudulent spirit mediums, uh, uh, tricks used by fraudulent right. spirit right. mediums in Houdini's era, which is, oh, it's freaky. I've had people run from the room. I mean, yeah. there's some of the things that we've, you know, I've added so much of illusionary type of magic, and it's experimental. It's a work in progress. Since I owned a theater, I decided that I'd take this one night and I'd really, uh, you know, uh, trick yeah. out seance, you know, so to speak, and, and keep improving and doing things and making the changes. So what happens is is I do the spirit tricks, which includes a levitation, all kinds of strange things. Yeah. Freaky things, you know, that, and uh, things you don't see anywhere else. And it's the only ongoing seance in the world right now because the Magic Castle had 
a seance room, and right. they are uh, changing it and redoing it, and it's closed now. So we're the only one in the world that's actually doing it. And then the doctor, uh, Cagliosis, he actually conducts the regular actual seance where there are no tricks. Right. And people come up and they want to, every night they come, every Wednesday night they come up and they talk, want to talk to their uncles and their relatives and all. And you have like repeat we, visitors? We, I we would imagine them, you would. Yeah, we give them an opportunity to do that. We just had the, uh, on Marilyn Monroe's August 5th on her birthday, we had a beautiful seance. It was absolutely gorgeous. Everyone, every female that came into the room got to uh, to wear some of Marilyn's uh, cologne, you know, yeah. uh, Chanel number no. five, which she loves. So her scent was all throughout the room and pictures and, and uh, videos of her movies. And then we actually had the seance for her on August 5th. So we do other things j- other than just the, the Houdini seance there. Is there any other th- particular times of the week we should be looking for and stuff? We want to make sure we see that on the weekend because you go to the magic show, all, right. I mean, the magic shop well, the majestic, all the time. The Majestic Theater have shows seven days a week, including Bobby Mayo, Jr. Who's who's there on, a guest on, on our Saturday show. Great. at yeah, four o'clock? Good. Great entertainer, and uh, I have Zamora, the Torture King, who is there four nights a week. Uh, I have uh, uh, Doctor A's Medicine Show, which is a medicine magic show, which is there on Tuesday nights. So real nice variety of stuff. All kinds of things. Just call up and check and see what who and when they're performing at the uh, at the uh, Majestic, Majestic Theater at the Royal Resort, and uh, got that going on. And also my Curiosity Shop, which is off of. Russell and Pecos over there in the antique mall. It's all kinds of antiques, which uh, we don't have someone there to demonstrate. Sorry. <laughs> you just have to look yeah. at it. You say antique, you like it, you buy it. You know what I mean? So, what kind of stuff? Anything in particular? Oh, well, we got, we do have magic, but it's more antique magic, you yeah. know, and, and posters. And we got like things like a plate with the magician levitating a, a, a lady on the plate and, you know, just uh, decorations. And, and we have antique books in there. We have, let me think what else we, all we have. Oh, we got a vampire killer kit in wow. there. Now that, <laughs> yeah. I met Bella Lugosi's granddaughter yeah. <laughs> not too long ago. Bella Lugosi's granddaughter, I was telling her about my vampire uh, killer, killer kits and they're very, very unique. They have salt, they mm-hmm. have uh, holy water. You know the you know what the salt is for, right? You sprinkle it around the entrance of the doorway, and before a vampire can enter, they have to count every grain of salt. Oh. You know, and it delays <laughs> them so you can get away. Yeah, know, it gives right? you some time <laughs> yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. Gives you some time to run. But it includes everything: the stake for the stake through the heart, the uh, mirror, so the vampire can't see his. Uh, you know, you can tell if it's a vampire because you can't see his image in the in the mirror. So it's got a uh, we got a vampire killer kit over there. All kinds of strange things like that. Is that is really you know? cool. Yeah. I know some people that would they're love cool that. That's right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They're, they're very cool and they're very different. You know? Actually, everything you're involved with is really cool. I mean, I love seeing this because this is more than just going and seeing the show and that's all great. There's all stuff around town here. People need to know. It's a labor of love. It really is. I I, I found that if, if I really wanted to work hard at something, I had to have a passion for it. I, I, when I first got out of high school every, in, in Augusta, Georgia, where I grew up and went to school, and uh, they said, well, you got to quit playing with this stuff. Because back in Augusta, it was a small town. There were, it was, 
no, really no future. I had a television show there for eight years, and, and I had done everything I possibly could do in Augusta. That's why I finally eventually decided I'd make the move to Las Vegas. But Smart move. Yeah, yes, it was, I think it was. I had to give up a lot, and, and I loved Augusta. You know, I yeah. loved living there. Grow up it was sure. my home, and I had friends there and everything, but, but uh, you know, I had to make that sacrifice, so I put all my stuff in my little station wagon and drove all those miles out here with not even one booking or one job and I gave up $5,000 worth of booking back there bookings back there because I had a television show and I was popular and I was doing things there you know uh, but um, I was here two days, and I got in a show called Here's Entertainment at the old Bourbon Street that they tore down, you know. Mm-hmm. you know. I was there, and I played the part of Houdini in a show called Here's Entertainment. You've seen, obviously, a lot of changes. Is, are you happy with what's happened here? Because, I mean, it's a way different town than when you came here in the late 70s. Well, what echoes in my mind is uh, what someone told me a long time ago. The secret to success is the ability to adapt to change. And that's it, it constantly uh, evolves. Las Vegas is an exciting city. I love Las Vegas. You know, uh, they named November 13th Dixie, Yeah, I was going to bring Dooley that up. Day here, yeah, you know, that Vegas. is very cool. Oscar Goodman, you know, presented me the award and all that. And I, I'm in the Las Vegas Entertainers Hall of Fame. Uh, I was inducted into that. And uh, I, I am very proud of Las Vegas and the move that I made here. It's my home. I've lived here longer now than anywhere else in the world. I wouldn't want to go anywhere. Some people can't handle it because it's got all the vices. Anything right. you want, it's here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a drug addict, you're going to... You'll love it. Drugs. <laughs> you if you're like, an alcoholic, yeah, right. you know, if you like women, chasing women, it, it, one of my downfalls, which I <laughs> yeah. really had to check myself on numerous times. <laughs> but uh, uh, I've been happily married a bunch of times, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am single now, so thank God. So you can, and no problem. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy the town for... Yes, yes, but I, I love Las Vegas. It's a great city. I mean, I in my home, I stay. I can watch television, uh, stay at home, uh, work on the computer, and it's just like I'm in Augusta or anywhere else in the world. Right. But the difference is, if I want to walk out that door, I'm five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. The greatest entertainers, the greatest shows, the greatest sporting events, the greatest art, works of art, the greatest films, everything is right here at my fingertips. All I got to do is just get in the car and go there. You know, within five minutes, I'm there. It's there for me. And if I don't want it, then I, I, I can live like I'm... Somewhere else. You Absolutely. Know? Well, you, when you come to Las Vegas, there's no excuse. You got to see Dixie Dooley. You can see him on stage. You can see him in his very own magic shop. I think the magic shop is a great thing. We should all yeah. play in that. The Boulevard's a great shopping center to see as well. Let's tell people how to get into all this. First of all, if they want to make sure to come see you and get a ticket and so forth, what do they need to do? Well, uh, each one of the shows at the Royal Resort uh, operates uh, independently. In other words, they all produce their own shows and they all sell their own tickets and they all go to different ticket vendors and you can go uh, uh, all over town. You can check and see, do you have tickets to the Royal Resort? Uh, And so each one of those are different. Yeah, they can, they can go to the, actually the show, like Bobby uh, Mayo Jr. uh, They can go online to his website or the Gold Star or some of the ticket brokers about town. And then they can uh, um, also, I I noticed we're at the same location as the home. Shopping network. Some of the, you know, they give away tickets to the shows. Oh. Uh, so uh, you just check and see where you can get tickets to 
see this, uh, or if they can get them at the door. They can the, buy them, always buy them at the door. You now, know. the magic shop, but that's in the boulevard. That's in the boulevard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's easy Mall. enough to get to. Right. And mm-hmm. then you said you had the, the other store. Uh, with, with the, the Curiosity, the curiosity shop. shop. Yeah, that's on Russell and Pecos inside the Antique Mall. And it's, a, um, it's a curiosity shop. It's different than a, a magic shop. Don't go there and expect to see uh, someone behind a counter doing magic tricks. Right. You know, uh, Occasionally there is, but not, not that often. But uh, uh, that's more antiques and collectibles, collectible magic. We got a uh, from Dante who had the show Sim Solabim years ago. Dante was one of my favorite magicians, and he had a big illusion show, traveled all over the world. And uh, we've got a uh, original... Uh, table tent that belonged to him, things like that for sale. Items, we got a lot of autographed 8x10s, you know, some of them here from here in Vegas. Uh, uh, Shimada was a friend of mine and still is for, for years. David Copperfield autographed 8x10s. Uh, so, you know, we, we sell these see. things. There's going to be something for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finally... But your website, because there's a lot of background that we didn't even get a chance to cover. Uh, where can people go to find out all about you? Well, Facebook is probably the number one. It's constantly updated all the time. Pictures of the shows at the boulevard, uh, pictures of my little... Gracie appearing in the show and cool. you know and we got pictures of the magic shop pictures of the the stage there that Should I perform on we just look up on. Dixie Dooley yeah, on, Facebook. on Facebook and uh, you know well we can't wait to see you hopefully we'll have you on again and thanks for being with us Dixie hey, appreciate it's it wonderful we've just we've just scratched the surface you've been listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi the podcast with new shows loaded twice weekly got a guest idea email us at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com and catch the show live every Sunday 11 a.m. Eastern 8 a.m. Pacific coast to coast on the BizTalk radio network